Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. <laughs> the ball has dropped. Yeah, it has. <laughs> Happy New Year, people. Yeah, we do. Welcome. Welcome to this edition of Bible News Radio. Hey, this is Andrew Peterson's song, Is He Worthy? We're going to open with this first. So do me a favor, share this out, okay, wherever you're at, if you don't mind. The beauty of live streaming. Yeah, it is. This is about. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of this? He is. Yeah, he is. Totally, totally worthy. Does the Father truly love us? He does. Does the Spirit move us? Our Messiah, oh, forever those he loves. Yeah, he does. He totally does. Does our God intend to dwell again with us? He does. This isn't as good as it gets, people, just so you know. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, he conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. From every people and tribe, that would be you, every nation and tongue. He has made us a kingdom, a priest to God, and reign with the Son. Is He worthy? Is He worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is He worthy? 
on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides in the sealed with seven seals that was weird yeah it was that's in revelation chapter five by the way people yeah it is all right so hey everybody i want to welcome you to this first edition of bible news radio for 2021 uh i cannot believe that i'm here in 2021 doing this show still god is good yeah he is and um as i've thought about how to open up this year because you know i always think about you know a lot of shows they do the year-end wrap-up like the top 15,000 stories of 2020 were covid 19 this covid 19 that covid 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 <laughs> but then, you know, people are like, oh, I got goals for the new year. I have goals um, and stuff. But what are we going to do this year? Right. So as I was thinking through what I wanted to do this year, first of all, I want to say welcome to 2021. We made it. Nailed it. New decade. Don't forget to put 21 now instead of 2020 on a check if you happen to write those still. Um but I wanted to say thank you for tuning in. I know that you could tune in anywhere. I never take for granted ever that anybody chooses to tune into this show because, you know, I know that there are five gazillion voices out there vying for your attention. And, uh, and you know, I'm always, I don't know what the right word is. Humbled is a word. Uh, humored. <laughs> It's probably a greater word that you would tune into the to, to listen to anything I have to say because you know who am I you know I'm just you know just I'm just me so uh, anytime anybody takes time to invest in time with me um, you know I just want you to know I, I appreciate it so if you happen to be new to the show I am Stacy Lynn Harp I host the show uh, I'm the founder of Heart Tug International, as well as the show Bible News Radio. Our website is BibleNewsRadio.com. We do the show three days a week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 7 p.m. Central Time for now. You know, Lord willing, we'll be doing some other stuff. Uh, we host a weekly Bible, well, actually, we host a Bible study. You can get involved in that. I have a daily text message list. We have a daily Disciples Facebook group you can get involved in. Um, and there, there's a lot of ways to plug in. And as I was sharing earlier today, one of the things that makes what we do different than other Christian media is I like to have fun with serious topics. I mean, that's, that's one thing, right? I mean, I, I touch difficult topics, but I kind of do it with a light touch. Not to make fun of it, but because I want to draw your, your focus to Christ, right? And so I think one of the big 
differentiators between what I do and what a lot of really serious Christian ministry does um, is that I, <laughs> well, I'm a woman, number one. There's not a lot of women out there doing what I do. But number two, um, I really care about building you up in the faith and and drawing you near to the Lord, right? James chapter four, verse eight. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I think sometimes drawing near to God is hard because we either don't know him, we're afraid of him, or we treat him cavalierly like, eh, we don't, you know, he's just my BFF, you know, and, and all that. We don't have a real, real good look at who he is as far as who he really is. And, um, you know, this past year, 2020, uh, God has really re reprioritized my life. Am I doing something wrong? Why do you ask? You just looked over at me. I didn't. <laughs> okay, just want to make sure. Anyway, so with that said, today what I want to do on, on the first day of the year is I'm going to share with you uh, 10 different ways that you can um, read your Bible in 2021, but I also want to open up and I want to share with you a couple of thoughts that are on my heart and just questions that um, I, I really want you to think about. And I, I really do. Because look, I know that there's a lot going on with Donald Trump in our election and Joe Biden. I know. I know there's a lot going on with QAnon. Okay? I know. There's a lot going on. I get it. Yeah, there is. And I know a lot of you are obsessed with it. You are like zoning in on what's going on in Georgia. What's went on over here. I mean, I do. I'm aware of what's going on. But our priority has to be Jesus first, right? We have to look at him first, because I'm going to tell you something. If you start looking at all this other stuff out here, you're going to drive yourself crazy and you're going to get depressed. You're going to be like full of anxiety, fear. You're going to be like uncomfortable, you know? Um, but if your mind is set on Christ and if your mind is set on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, then you're going to have some peace that a lot of people don't have. And you're going to be able to get through life without feeling like the the shoe is going to drop, right? So I wanted to ask you um, this question. And I think Randall named the show this. Um, I'm trying to remember what I named it. Uh, what, will, what will you do for Jesus in 2021? And here, here's other questions that kind of go around with this, okay? And and this is directed to a follower of Christ already, okay? I'm not, I'm not directing this question to somebody who doesn't know Jesus yet. My hope and prayer is that you come to know Jesus. But for those of you who are already in Christ, what are you going to do with Christ, for Christ? in 2021. What are you giving to Jesus this year? How are you going to live your life for Christ Jesus differently than you have prior to this? How is Jesus going to be your focus and how are you going to make him known in a new way? Those are the questions that I want to throw out to you because look, 
if our priorities are out of whack, our whole life is going to be out of whack, okay? And if you say you're a follower of Christ, then, you know, he should be number one. And, and is it easy? Nope. <laughs> no, that's why I'm asking the question, because I want you to think about it. So what are you going to give to Jesus this year? How are you going to live your life for Christ differently than you did before? And how is Jesus going to be your focus? How are you going to make him known in a new way? And do you have that desire at all in the first place? That is, that's, that's my question. Um, and it's a tough question. It's a tough question uh, in a culture that tells us that it's all about us. And I'm integrated in that culture. I mean, I'm in the sales world. And, you know, all of the training that we get is, you know, like, you know, put your vision up there, your vision board, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to, you know, who am I? And I'm going to hit this goal financially. I'm going to do this, this, and this. But where are you spiritually? What goals do you have spiritually? How would you like to grow spiritually? In your walk with the Lord, I mean, do you, do you do you have a time of prayer set aside for your life? Do you have a prayer list? Do you read your Bible? Do you study your Bible? Uh, do you fellowship with people? Uh, do you go out and do evangelism work? Um, you know, do you show mercy where mercy is needed? Do you rebuke gently where where there's correction? that needs to be done are you walking in the gifts that god gave you or are you just kind of like eh you know whatever so what i have this gift and i'm i don't know i'm not going to do anything with it how are you receiving the love god has for you and how are you passing on the love that that god has given you for other people you know somebody recently I was listening to somebody and um, I heard uh, a couple interesting thoughts. I heard one that had to do with the gifts that we have been given. They're not for us. us. They're for other people. True. I mean, I, I don't need to sit behind a microphone and talk to myself. I do that enough without a microphone or an audience. <laughs> but But I know the gifts that I have, uh, why God chose to give me these particular gifts. I don't know, but he did, and I'm grateful for them because I think I think that I've used them relatively well for his glory, hopefully. Um, but how are you going to draw near to God in 2021? And do you want him to draw near to you? And I'm just going to say something. When you, the more, and this is just my theory, it's just my theory. It could be completely wrong. But what I've noticed is that sometimes people have a hard time drawing near to God, especially reading his word, because the more you're in God's word, the more you see your sinfulness. And that's that's just a reality. You're like, ah, because and, and it's you, you see that, but you see it in light of who God is. So the more you get to know God, you're like, whoa. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> what was me? <laughs> I'm a man of unclean lips, you know, I mean, because you're like. There is no way, there is no way I could live this life apart from Christ and his grace and his mercy, which, you know, the Bible says his mercies are new every morning, you know, and his grace is sufficient for the day, you know. Um, and so I just have to say that 
I want to encourage you. I really do want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to pursue the one who loves you more than anyone in the world. You know, I heard many years ago in a sermon uh, at the vineyard, some guy named Bill, I can't think of his last name at the moment, but Bill said that the Christian God is the only God who is ever going to love you back. If you study world religions and you look at the gods that other people follow, there is no ounce of love at all in these religions. None. And yet God, the God of scripture, is love. And he loves us with an everlasting love. He made us in his own image, which which really is hard to think about because we don't, we got these little minds that they, they're not real big, <laughs> but he still can gave us enough capacity to understand his love. And so anyway, so those are some of the questions I want, I want to throw out to you. And I also want to throw out to you in Acts chapter four, I want to read this because this kind of ties into this. So Acts chapter four, right now we're reading this in our daily disciples group. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to start in the first verse and, and go down to give this context. It says here, um, as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them. This is Peter, the disciples being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them. They put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. On the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem, and Annas the high priest was there, and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and all who were of high priestly descent. When they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, By what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. I'm just going to stop there. So here you got a couple of fisher guys who were arrested for healing a guy in the name of Jesus. And you got Peter, who I know I'm related to, just saying. Uh, I am so, I'm, not, I'm totally, I know I'm related to Peter. I know a couple of you out there probably are too, you know, kind of foot and mouth thing, you know. But Peter, um, he just says so boldly, you know. I mean, and you think about this. Remember, Peter was a, 
Peter was the guy that just denied Jesus to a little girl, okay? But now here he is, filled with the Holy Spirit. And he says to them, rulers and elders of the people. It's not like he was just talking to his family or other disciples. He was talking to the religious rulers of the day, which were frankly a bunch of bullies, okay? They were bully type people. And he says, hey, if we're on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been healed, well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man here stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And he's quoting an Old Testament verse here. And then he says this verse, which I totally love. He says, and there is salvation and no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that must be given among men by which we must be saved. But then they said, now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. So my question to you is, can people recognize you for having been with Jesus? Is that a desire of your heart that when somebody knows you, that they think of you and they think, ah, oh, yeah, that person, they know Jesus just by how they act, by how they speak, by their knowledge of the word of God, by their love for one another, by their conviction of their sin, by their, de by their demeanor. Are these haughty people or are they humble people? Um, and, and I have to tell you that if God can give Peter, a fisherman, such eloquent speech, and he did it with Moses and he, he does it with me. I mean, I'm not the, I don't think I'm the greatest communicator in the world, but, but filled with the Holy Spirit, God's gifts working and power through you. How much more so, you know, a big impact can you have in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? If people said, Hey, you know what, Mia, I can tell you've been with Jesus. Yeah, you have Stacy, Natasha, you know, whoever else is out there, I can tell that you've been with Jesus. These people knew it, right? And they knew it not because Peter and John were so great. They knew it because when, when you're with Jesus, he rubs off on you. You know what I'm saying? So this year as we enter 2021, let that be a question in the back of your mind. You know what? Is it evident that I've been with Jesus? How can I promote Jesus today? How can I share Jesus with the culture? How can a behavior that I have or, an, or a thought that I have lead to an action that glorifies Jesus Christ? Because this world, I'm telling you, is looking for Jesus. And the Jesus that the media is telling, telling them exists is a lie. Because most of them don't read the Bible. Most of them don't have any clue who Jesus really is. But when you've been with Jesus, it's very, very obvious to people who are looking for the truth. So that is my question. And with that, I will 
welcome Bearface on to give some commentary because I, I know he's he's just chomping at the bit, Mr. Handsome Hunky Husband. Uh, news to me. <laughs> Are you just tired of talking? <laughs> want to give your voice a rest. <sighs> Deep breath. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, Bearface, you have any comments there? Hmm? Do you? Well, yeah, that's uh, that's been my favorite verse of that chapter for a long time. That, uh, yeah, it must be with Jesus, because otherwise they wouldn't have this sort of boldness, including being able to apply the Old Testament scripture uh, to the Messiah. They understood that, you know, where you, you take right after the resurrection of the Lord on the road to Emmaus and he's upbraiding those two disciples uh, because they didn't know the scriptures. He said if you basically round like a heart paraphrase if you'd known the scriptures you wouldn't be freaked out. You would have known all this was coming and you wouldn't be surprised by it at all. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be having we wouldn't be having this conversation walking down this road like oh it's the third day and I don't know and some said he was alive, and I don't know, blah, blah, blah. we were hoping it was, he's like, hey, <laughs> if you knew the scriptures, the, the the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament scriptures, you wouldn't be having this conversation, basically. So not, here we are, uh, post-ascension, the Holy Spirit has been given, and it's not only that they're familiar, Peter is ready to apply an Old Testament scripture to Messiah. That, so, you know, of course they understood, hey, <laughs> knowing that they're untrained, untrained and unlearned men or unlearned, whatever your preference is for pronunciation, you know, that they'd been with Jesus because, and then that happens when we do that, even though we won't physically walk and talk with him since he's since ascended you know at 40 days after the resurrection but still you know by his spirit and the same way that peter and john were empowered i believe uh, by spending time with him and yielding to the spirit uh, yes we can be equally recognized as having been with jesus yeah and you know what i don't know if you guys have ever had this experience i know randall and i have We've been in a in a um, you know a public place or something, and you know somebody will come up to you and say, "Are you a Christian?" You know, um, and you'll go, "Yeah," <laughs> and you're like, "Why are you asking me that?" And they're like, "Oh, I can just tell there's a glow." I, I get this all the time. It cracks me up. People, I ha I've had people say, "There's such a glow about you." Or I've had people who use new agey language say something like, I love your energy. That's my least favorite. I hate that when people say that to me. Oh, I love your energy. I'm like, okay, whatever. You can love my energy if you like. But, you know, um, it, it, to me, that's like, it's like so, oh, I love your energy. <laughs> oh, yeah. What if I had negative energy? Woo. <laughs> Anybody else hate that when people say that to them? Um, I, I guess I just take I take it wrong. I guess Randall doesn't. How about how about I'm digging your vibe? I'm digging your vibe. You know, <laughs> you get that. 
Have no. you had people say that to you? What, I'm digging your vibe? Or, or that no. they love your energy. Ooh, I love your energy. Not not often. <laughs> I, I'm the man in black. <laughs> but, you, but you can tell when people are, you know, some people are like, ooh, I know you're a Christian. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and other people are like, I love your energy. Uh, but anyway. Um, anyway, so <clears throat> one way that you can get to know Jesus better is by reading his word. So I want to, um, I want to tell you about a couple of things. First, I want to say hi to Tracy and Natasha and Jerry over there on YouTube. And I see Mia and Natasha and James and Don and Karen over on Periscope, which I know at some point we're going to get off Periscope because, you know, because of that. And I, I still haven't figured out yet. I'm going to go to because Rumble. Because it's going away <laughs> in March. <laughs> All right, right. We're not going to get off Periscope. Periscope is going <laughs> to They're going to get out of here. Yeah, well, it's going to disappear. We're going to so. go over on Twitter probably. But um, but anyway, so what are some ways to read the Bible? I'm not going to read the article. I'm just going to read the headlines. Look, um, and, and I want to share I want to share with you this. Okay, so if in um, most of you who are in our Daily Disciples group already know about God time together, right? So that's this thing. A couple of weeks back, I had Pam Gillespie on the show talking about God time together. We talked about it at the end of the show. So if you didn't watch the whole show, you might have missed it. But this is a daily Bible reading accountability Zoom call that you get up really early for that Pam launched. And she's doing a couple classes right now for it. Um, probably we'll do more in the future. Um, but I'm going to do one in the evening on Thursday night. Okay. So um, if you want to try this out for one day a week, I have it scheduled in Eventbrite. Uh, you can register <clears throat> if you go to uh, the URL, which which Randall already, right there has it on the screen. So if you're watching online and you want to join this and you don't know where to go, and if you're listening to the audio, go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash God time, the number 21, because we're in 2021. The number 21. God time is G and T is capitalized. You have to capitalize it because bit.ly is case sensitive. So bit.ly forward slash God time 21. That is to register for my Thursday night God time Zoom call that I'm going to be doing. Okay. This is free. What what we're going to do when you sign up. And I'm already half full, by the way. I'm only I'm limiting this to no more than 15 people. And I'm already almost half full. So if you're serious about this. I want you to come and join me on Thursday night. It's going to be at 7 p.m. Central Time for one hour. And what we're going to do is we're going to jump on Zoom together. We're going to check in. You're going to tell me where you're going to read in the Bible for like that half hour. And then you're going to go read the Bible. And then after that half hour, we're going to talk about it. We're going to let you share. It sounds simple. And it is. Totally simple. There, I mean, this is not rocket science. That would be difficult. This is jumping on Zoom, checking in, talk about where you're going to read the Bible, and then or reading the Bible, and then talk about it, and that's it. You're like, really? <laughs> yeah, really. Because you know what? Here's the thing. How many of you have a hard time bringing God up or talking about the Bible or even reading the Bible? Right? I'm going to tell you, having done this for 16 years, that is one of the number one 
things I've heard from my audience. I have no idea how to share the gospel with people. I have no idea how to bring up God in anything. I have no idea what I just understood reading the Bible. And I would agree with you on some of that because I, I have no idea. I was reading in Leviticus the other day and I'm like, okay, now I understand why nobody reads Leviticus. You know, I had Rabbi Greg Hirschberg on the show about a couple of years ago. He wrote a book on Leviticus. The whole reason I had him on was because he wrote a book on Leviticus. And I thought, what insane person writes a book on Leviticus? <laughs> a Messianic Jewish rabbi, but whatever. Anyway, but anyway, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to do this <clears throat> because it's a good way to get you engaged and to get you in a community where people are going to ask you that question. And, you know, one of the things Randall and I have done in our marriage and throughout our marriage, it's actually been kind of a uh, frustration of mine. You know, you go to church, you sit there, you listen to the, the pastor give a great message. And then afterwards, this was in the olden days when we could all go out to lunch afterwards, um, you take your friends and you go out to lunch and you sit at the table and then everybody wants to talk about American Idol or their favorite TV show. And me and Randall were always like, hey, what'd you get out of the sermon? Well, it was good. No, really, what'd you get out of it? Well, that one point he made. And, no, really, what did you get out of the message? I mean, did, was, there a me was there anything in the message that, that did it convict you? Did it change you in any way? What was the whole point of you coming to church if you didn't get anything out of the message? Uh, frankly, sometimes it's because there was really nothing in the message. That could be part of it. But if nobody is ever asking you how you're doing spiritually or where you're struggling and where you're trying to grow, how are you going to grow? You're not going to. You're, you're, you are not going to grow because you're going to get discouraged. You're going to put the Bible down. And you're not going to look at it because it's going to, it's, it's like, you're like, I don't get it. So the idea behind the God time together thing is to encourage you to be in the word of God. And the, the cool part about it, and this is what I've seen worked out in the last four months, I've been doing it, um, is that when you hear where other people are reading, number one, you learn more, right? It kind of piques your curiosity, like, Ooh, they're reading over there today, you know? I, maybe I should check that out later. Or so-and-so had a question. And you're like, hey, I never thought of it that way. So you're growing because you're in that community. And here's the thing. It's not a counseling session. It's not therapy. It's, it's not a support group for your drug addiction or whatever it is you got going on. It's actually you spending time with God and then talking to other people that also spent time with God. And you're doing it together. <laughs> Thus, God time together. Pretty cool name, right? I just think that's so, it's just so brilliant. It really, really is. And I want to be a part of encouraging you in this, you know, at least once a week. So go over again to bit.ly forward slash God time with the G and the T capitalized, the number 21, and get registered so I know you're coming. Once I hit the number I set there to cut this off at, I'm cutting it off because the group isn't going to be large. It's not going to be too big for me. I, I know my limit. I can only handle so many of you people. Uh, that was a joke, <clears throat> but it's true. Um, but I want you to be a part of that, okay? Um, the other thing is that 
let's talk about some ways you can get in God's word, okay? Uh, and this is actually on Christianity Today. There's an article that was written with 10 tips. Randall, I get Randall's going to throw it up there. 10 fresh ways to read your Bible in 2021. Okay. I'm not going to read this. I'm going to just read the headlines. So add a new translation to your bookshelf. I'm going to tell you something. Um, I love the New American Standard Version. It is not the most popular version out there uh, because in the last couple of decades, you know, the Christian publishers have gone and they've published a whole bunch of different versions. But I love the New American Standard, frankly, because when I was first a Christian, that's what my pastor used in the church I attended. And that's what I followed because that's what he said to get. And I got it. And then it turned out that all the precept Bible studies I went in, that was the version. And so I love it because it's a literal version um, and all that. But recently I have picked up the Christian standard version. Um, And so there's a lot of versions out there depending on, you know, how. Translations. Translations rather. That's what I meant. I know. Yeah. Depending, depending on you know, how hard, you know, you want to read. Like the King James, eh, I'm not a fan. I'm not even a fan of the new King James, just so you know. Um, ESV, really not a fan. Uh, NIV, definitely not a fan. <laughs> I know that sounds horrible, but, um, you know, there are a lot of different versions. So, you know, you could try a new version, a new translation, okay? Uh, the second thing you could do is read scripture out loud. Uh, you know, and that is fun to do, especially because it will actually help you memorize the word of God, right? So you can read the Bible out loud, um, you know, depending on some churches, liturgical churches tend to do that a lot, uh, and all that. Number three, listen while you're driving, cooking, or walking. And I have to, you know, I have to, you know, mention Pam again, because this is one of the things that she has emphasized in the years that she's been doing this is to get an audio Bible. And you know what? There are a lot of audio Bibles out there. In fact, there's a new app. It's relatively new. It's called Dwell, D-W-E-L-L. Um, and I love this app as far as the Bible reading down apps because you can pick ambient music, different types of music to go with it. Um, you can pick the voice that you want read. Um, there's a sleep timer on it. It is a paid app, but here's here. I'll tell you a secret. If you download it and you do the trial first and then you click out of it, you know, and then they'll send you a thing trying to tell you to upgrade. Just keep saying no until they give you the dollar upgrade. That's what I did. (laughs) And I'm still in that trial, by the way. So, you know, you can, you can do it for a dollar and then, and then, you know, stop being cheap and just do it, download it and pay for it. So, um, definitely worth it. But I like the dwell app. I know a lot of people use the U version app. Um, you know, there's, there are a lot of different apps out there. There's the uh, word of promise. Um, there's a new one I got written some guy. I ordered it off christianbook.com. Um, it's a new American standard version that's being read. I actually got it. I actually made a video of me using it in my car, but it was such a goofy video. I haven't published it yet. Um, but it is a great way to redeem your time. You know, if you're, uh, cooking like in the morning, I, I get it. This is what I do. I, I get up, I listen to some of it in, in, while I'm in bed still. And then when I finally do get up, I go downstairs, I put my coffee on. I just throw my, my audio Bible on as I'm making my coffee, feeding the cat. Cause you know, if I don't feed him, he will never shut up. 
I feed the cat and then Grover, my dog, I feed him and, and I do all this stuff. This is my routine and I play the Bible until I jump on my first phone call with Legal Shield and then I jump on God Time Together. Um, and so I already have some of God's word already in me and I wasn't reading it. I was just listening to it. Um, this article points out that there are Johnny Cash's reading is on Audible. Randall has that actually. Um, there's stuff on YouTube you can get. There's Spotify. So there's there's a lot of different places that if you just look, you'll be able to find that. Randall, by the way, you actually do listen to Johnny Cash. Do you, you want to talk about that? Um, sure. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't remember when I got that. Um, quite some years ago, and he's been not with us for several years, so I mean that dates it already. But yeah. but it's good. It's um he reads the New King James translation and all the New Testament and it's and it's good. I mean you can tell that he was really serious about reading it. Yeah. You know, um his his early life may have been uh certainly Colorful, I guess, but well, that's not a right word used for the man in black. But uh, maybe you know had his challenges, even some jail time in there, things like that. But in um, in his later years, you know, he was really, my impression, devoted um, to the Lord, um, you know, concentrating on his spiritual life, and that was one of the things he did was to read the New Testament. Of course, it sounds like. Johnny Cash, and but it's cool. Yeah. All right, number four, take a year to read the Bible chronologically. Now, this, this um, many people fail at constantly because, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. There you go. You're done. <laughs> and that, that's one of the things about the God Time Together thing that Pam has encouraged us in is like, look, don't start in the beginning of the book. Start somewhere else. Uh, I think she recommends 1 Samuel. But anyway, regardless, instead of, you know, just starting at the beginning, some people can do that, but I have never personally met anybody that's done that. Um, you know, and then you check don't, a, You've never met me? Really? You did that? Huh. Well, what do you know? I learned something new about my husband just now in front of all of you. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so what was that like? Okay, you talk about it. You've, you've read the Bible chronologically. How did you do it? How did you get through... The temple well, numbers and Leviticus. Well, chronologically is different. Chronologically is different than I guess I could put myself on there. I am. Okay. Uh, well, still. Chronologically is different than the order of books. I don't. Oh. I don't think I've ever read the Bible chronologically. Have you read the whole uh, Bible at all? Yes, a few times. Really? Yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I was first a believer. By uh, the way, Randall's doing God time together for men. Yeah. Um, earlier, um, early in my Christian walk, anyway, I had a Bible reading plan that I got from a ministry anyway, and, and it was, it was a morning, afternoon, and evening reading to go through the Bible. I've done that, and the Gideon Bible reading calendar is the same. It's going through the, well, the Protestant order, I guess, you know, of the, because the, you know, the the Old Testament books in, I guess, the Christian Bible are a different order than the Hebrew Scriptures. Um, huh. 
same books but different order anyway but uh i i seems like i had a chronological you know as, as best we can tell the the order the books were written i had that i had a chronological bible i don't think i ever went through it entirely because i'm not even sure where it is or where got it we may not anyway it may have been something you picked up at a thrift store or something like that but um yeah haven't done it chronologically but just sequentially going through all the books yeah and uh certainly that uh you know when it talks about the construction of the tabernacle next to this the board and its sockets and how many boards and how many with the sockets are silver and the or is it the sockets are brass and the clasps are silver i don't see, i should know but and then and then the lengths of the curtains you know uh a board and a class a board and a class a board and a class yeah it's like wait did i just read this yeah. but uh no it's good to know those things are there for for a reason and and it just gives an appreciation especially when you get into numbers and the numbers is the number that were in the tribes and you see how they were ordered around the tabernacle and people smarter than i am have figured out that it was in the shape of a cross can you imagine how the people who wrote those books felt anyway so <laughs> but when you think about that i'm seriously like oh not again we gotta write this again and just the orderliness <laughs> of the way they camped around the tabernacle yeah. and the way it was set up and taken down and by certain orders i think the kohathites carried the wood and then some this group of you know clan of levites was responsible for the curtains another one for the you know the boards and the, anyway and you think about this when you read that some and is wherever the the presence of the lord would go the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire sometimes they'd be camped in a place for you know days and sometimes it'd be like a day or a matter of hours and each time it was oh lord <laughs> lord's on the move we're on the move and they you know take this thing down in an orderly way pack it up move it and unpack it in an orderly way and set it up it's it's fascinating yeah it is so anyway, that is another way <laughs> to read the Bible this year. Use the commentary or study tools. Now, me personally, I love Blue Letter Bible. BlueLetterBible.com is like my favorite place to go. I go there almost every day because I find it easy to use and it's it's not beholden to one commentator. Um, even though David Guzik tends to be the guy that I go to a lot. There, there are great things and here's the thing if you're in my revelation study i'm making videos and i'm showing you some stuff uh using blue letter bible there's actually some pretty there's scripture mark which is part of that uh which is a really cool tool where you can pull up the word of god and then you can literally mark it you know with like circles and like they have little animals and you can throw those graphics up and you can highlight stuff and underline and you can rearrange the text i mean it's so cool uh, what you can do when you're marking the scripture. If you're a precept student, you already know what that's about. But if you're not, you can learn. And it, it's just another good way to get God's word into you and to do that. Number six is read a whole book in one sitting. Now, I know that this personally sounds intimidating, 
Uh, but I, I read Obadiah this morning. Yeah, I did. And I actually learned a few things. Number one, Obadiah is the shortest book in the Old Testament. It has 13 verses. 21. 21 verses. Are you sure? I'm, I'm quite certain. I, <laughs> it has 21 verses? Mm -hmm. Really? Really? Okay. We'll pull it up for you. All right. I believe you. I thought it had 13. Well, anyway, it's the shortest book in the Old Testament, Obadiah. Yeah, it is. It's actually a book of judgment. Yeah, it is. But don't ask me anything else because <laughs> now I know a little bit more because I read it this morning, but it was one little book. I read the whole thing at one sitting. Uh, also, uh, you know, you can read another book like the Gospel of John is 21 chapters, right? It might take you. I don't know. It's a pretty easy book to read. You know, maybe it'll take you an hour. I don't know. Um, actually, the way you can find this out, though, is when you go to your audio version of the Bible and you look at the, you know, how long each chapter is, you can add all that up and it will tell you how long it will take. It and, will and take you less time if you read it silently than another, if you read it out loud. Another way, if you have a reader view that takes the RSS mm -hmm. of, of a web page and is for basically for news articles, but others as well, like uh, I'm going to pull up. This made my hair stick up. I'm going to pull up from what we were just using earlier. Okay. From, um, whoops, not that one. Well, here, let's do it that way. Um, Acts chapter 4 here on Bible Hub. I've got it in the reader view in the Opera browser. Uh, Anthony and is watching over on Facebook. Hey, nice to see you. And yeah, you like BLB too, huh? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's great. Anyway, it says here five to six minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so if there's um, yeah. a reader view in your browser, you can, yeah, it'll give you an idea of. Yeah, so. And I like that even longer books, just to read it through to get the context of it and the flow, because they weren't written with chapters and verses, you know, especially, you know, all the books, but especially when you're reading the epistle, we think of the epistles, oh, First Corinthians chapter 13 and 14, but Paul didn't write it that way. It well, was, that's actually the next point. It's just one. On the Yeah, theme. okay. So the next point is use a reader's Bible, which is the uh, reader's Bibles have removed the chapters and verses. Oh. So they read more like a novel. What a novel idea, people. Yeah, it is. Uh, but anyway... Yeah, and, and, and to Randall's point, which was also Pam's point this morning, which I got the point on, <laughs> was, um, uh, and, and this is something I've learned, and, you know, forgive me for being redundant here, because I tend to be, but the thing is, is when I learn something new and I get all excited about it, guess what? You're going to hear about it, unless you tune on, unless you shut me off. And if you shut me off, well then, seriously, why did you do that, man? I have a heart. Okay. Anyway, um, no, reading widely and then reading deeply, right? So deep and wide. So, and Pam did this really good illustration this morning. Um, she asked a friend of mine to talk about how she got her job and she talked about it. And it was short and sweet. It's great because how we got, you know, how she became a realtor. Cool story, right? And then she asked me how I started this show. And every time I tried to answer, she interrupted me. 
And I was like, what the heck? Like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'll answer that. And then I started to answer, and she interrupted me with another question. She kept doing that. And then finally, um, she let me share the my answer. But here's the thing. The reason she did that, and I didn't figure it out until afterwards, but because I'm not that smart. But the reason she did that was because when you don't read the Bible, like, and just read it to enjoy it, and you're constantly interrupting yourself or you're marking the text or you're just, you know, whatever, you lose the continuity of what you're reading. And you don't do that with other books, right? I mean, I don't pick up a novel and go, huh, I wonder, you know? No, <laughs> just read the thing. And so much of the Bible is narrative. It's just a story, like the book of Ruth. I love that book. It's like one of my favorite books in the whole Bible. It's short. It's four chapters. You can read it in less than a half hour. I mean, it's a really short book, but, you know, you can read it and enjoy it, and then you can dive into it and you can study it. And Randall and I have actually done that book on our show when we were actually doing Bible study for a daily thing, all that. So, all right, back to this article on Christianity Today. The number eight thing that you can do is reflect on a psalm a week. Uh, this is a suggestion. And, you know, I, I think that's a great idea. There's 150 Psalms. Uh, we read through the book of Psalms last year in our daily disciples group. It was honestly, I think the first time I've ever read through the whole book of Psalms, you know, at once. I mean, I didn't do it every day, but you know what I mean? We took, I think, I think we did it in a couple of weeks because there was 150 of them and we had a couple of people reading a day. And it's interesting to look at David and Asaph and the other guys, Agur, you know, all these dudes who, who wrote some of these Psalms and like what they were saying and all that. So if you like read a Psalm a week, I, pers I personally, my, I have, I have a number of favorite Psalms. I'll tell you what they are. You can start there. Number one, Psalm 139, one of my favorite, absolute favorites. I love Psalm 139. Uh, I love that psalm. So uh, Psalm 139 is one of my massively favorite psalms. Psalm 68 is also another one of my favorite psalms. I know people don't call out Psalm 68 very often, but it is. Psalm 121, another one of my favorites. Uh, I love Psalm 121 because it's, because it, well, I'm not going to tell you. Just go look it up. Then you might understand. I know some people love Psalm 91. Uh, some people love Psalm 119. That actually also happens to be one of my favorite Psalms. It's the longest one in the whole Bible. But God, many years ago, I remember the first time I, I read Psalm 119, I was like, I remember thinking, and this was so vivid, right? I'm 52. This happened when I was probably 20. I'm reading Psalm 119. And I'm like, he's talking about the word. A lot. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Every time I get dry spiritually and I need to get a hunger and thirst for God's word, I'm going to totally read Psalm 119, even though it's the longest psalm in the Bible. I'm going to go back. I'm going to read it. And I did. And that was that was my go-to psalm when I would feel like dry spiritually, you know, just like going to Keith Green music when I was feeling dry with evangelism. I'd like listen to Keith Green music. Rushing wind blow through this temple, you know. Anyway, you got to be as old as me to know that. But anyway, uh, so anyway, Psalms, pick a Psalm. Psalm 32 is great. Psalm 1 is one of my favorite. That, they're great Psalms. 
meditate on one of those for a week. All right, here's another one. Read the parables of Jesus back to back. Um, and that's actually a good idea too. I mean, you know, if you can if you can spend time reading anything that Jesus said and did, you're that's gold. <laughs> I mean, technically the whole Bible was written by him, you know, but you know, when you read the gospels or the parables, you know, that's great. And then the last thing, number 10, that they suggest is write out whole books of the Bible. And I will tell you, when I was writing for the Voice of the Martyrs persecution blog, one of the things that I learned was that the persecuted church, um, the way that they got copies of the Bible to one another is they would get somebody to handwrite the Word of God and then they would pass it on to somebody, they would copy it, and and so on and so on and so on. But here's something, if you want to challenge you in your faith, <clears throat> if you want to challenge yourself in your faith, I dare you, I dare you, this is a double dog, triple dare. Yeah, it is. Include a somersault in this as well. I dare you to take one chapter of the Bible, let's say Romans chapter 8, that's a fun one. Take Romans chapter 8, write it out, just write that out. Just take it, write it out by your hand, you know, handwrite it out on some paper. Put your Bible aside for one week and you read Romans 8 that you wrote out and that's it. That's your whole Bible. Persecuted Christians worldwide, that's what they end up doing often because they don't have the whole Bible. And I'll tell you what it will do for you is it will, it will hopefully make you feel more appreciative of the gold that you have there sitting there that you're ignoring. You're not reading the whole thing. <laughs> And it will also, as you read that over and over again, it will also get into your, your long-term memory and you'll really appreciate it because you'll be, you will have written it, you will have been reading it, you can carry it with, with you wherever you go and it becomes something that you can hide in your heart. And here's the other thing I would write, I would tell you, this is not in this article and I encourage my daily disciples to do this and that is that I want to encourage you to memorize the Bible meditate on God's word both day and night. That's how you memorize. You just repeat God's word over and over and over again. It's just repetition. That's all it is. And there's a great app. It's called Scripture Typer. Um, and um, what I can tell you is if you go to BibleMemory.com, that is the old Scripture Typer name. Uh, but if you go to BibleMemory.com, you can set up a free account there. And you can begin to memorize God's word. And I, I reckon, personally, I recommend memorizing one verse at a time. Uh, I, I mean, I've been trying to memorize 1 Corinthians 13 and Isaiah 53, like the last few months. I'm not quite there. They're both 13 verses long. Um, I'm almost there, though, <laughs> with 1 Corinthians. That one's easier. Um, but the thing is, is... One verse at a time, scripture typer is fun. It really is. Because you go in and you type in the scripture and then it takes words out and then you can type it and you're like, oh, I know that word. And you type in the thing and and you keep doing that and you're going to memorize it, you know. Um, and I actually happen to have a coupon code, um, but I don't have a link for it, so I'm not going to type. But if you go to my Daily Disciples group and look at my video in there, uh, there is a promo code. It's Bible News. If you decide you want to download Scripture Typer, you can save 20% when you purchase it. It's totally worth it because then you can record yourself and do audio. 
um, you can save 20% on the, on the app. And I think it's like 20 bucks or something. I don't even know how much it is. It's, it's not expensive unless you're really a cheapskate. No, it's not even that. Okay, here's this. So with, to get a license for Bible memory or AKA scripture typer, with my promo code, it's usually $10. With the 20% off, it will cost you $7.99. It'll cost you eight bucks. Eight whopping bucks. <laughs> I didn't get a discount when I signed up. So, hey, you know, all the more. So just go, uh, like, I will, we'll put the link in the Daily Disciples group. And if you want to download it and save two bucks, then by all means, spend that money and do that. All right. All right. And I will say, um, on that note, uh, I want to say thank you to all of you who have donated to the show. I ask that if, you know, if you're getting something from the show and you like it, please consider donating to us. You know, it, it helps us to pay our internet bill, our phone bill, and all the stuff that, you know, we, we have bills. Um, and it blesses us to know that you're being blessed when you give. And we're a nonprofit now. And uh, so you can give over at BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. And if you want to become a monthly pillar of the community, you can set up that reoccurring donation there as well. I'm also on Venmo. Um, I haven't put that up on the website. But if you're somebody who wants to um, have a check sent to us, it has to be made out to Heart Tug International. Um, you know, so make sure if you have a check, because some of you have sent us checks, Heart Tug International is um, is the thing. And then uh, if you want to give a different way besides through PayPal or with a credit card, then I also do have Venmo. Just private message me and I'll, you can send it directly to that <clears throat> until we get that info on the website. Did you change the graphic there? A little bit. Huh. All right. So with that said, tomorrow night, we're going to hit some headlines, guys. We're going to look at some news of the day, and we're going to do what I would refer to probably as a old-timey type Bible news radio show. We're going to look at the gay activism movement. We're going to look at what's going on politically and so much more. So join us tomorrow night for another edition of the 2021 editions of Bible news radio. Remember, be bold, stand up. And go with God, people, because he loves you. <laughs>